Welcome back, Mighty Vandals, to Tubs at the Club, brought to you today by Snake River Stampede Whiskey, but we'll tell you a little bit more about that later in the show. We are the Idaho Vandals affiliate on the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dallas Hammer, joined today by producer Martin in Moscow, Idaho. Martin, how you doing? It's great. It's good to have a home playoff game and not just the not just not just first round game like last year. I'm excited to still be talking Vandal football. Hell yeah. As Max Antouche says in the comment section, I am super pumped for this weekend. Vibes are high in Moscow right now. Brian Marceau, how are the vibes in Corda Elaine? You know, as good as they're going to be, we're at 30 live listeners three minutes into the show, guys. So we got a ton of interest in the game this week, which hey, if you haven't bought your tickets, guys, absolutely got to do so. I'm sitting in section seven, row X. I think the guy to my left or right, depending on how you read stuff, section seven, row X. Uh, Martin Stitz, wherever producers sit. Uh, Sh- Sean Foster, the comment section saying someone tossed me 500 for a flight from Seattle. Hey, you know what? If we get enough subscribers at patreon.com backslash tubs at the club for the hashtag only tubs discord, Sean, we might be able to do that. Although we, we're going to need a pretty big sugar daddy or a ton of sugar daddies for that ni- 19, uh, 1988. Is that, is that the, the most expensive membership right now? We, should, we just need to make a bit more expensive one. But anyway, Sean gives us a plug. Dallas, it's time to talk football. It's time to talk playoffs, man. Well, the one thing I do want to mention. So again, guys, if you can get to the Kibby Dome, get to the Kibby Dome. Home playoff game, 7 p.m. Uh, as Mobin says, bought tickets for the game, but I'm not sure I can make the drive from SLC. Mobin, we hope you make it there. If you make it to the Kibby Dome, make sure to come find some of us and say hi. If you're not able to make it, guys, this game is on ESPN2. Second time this year, the Vandals making it onto a big boy channel again 7 p.m espn2 if you can't make it to the dome but get to the kibby dome guys it's gonna be nuts let's get right into it guys around the bar brought to us by hughes river expedition unfortunately brian we talked about it last week we were both really rooting for the nickels colonels really the idaho colonels as it were uh all of us i think we're on board with nickels winning that game unfortunately they weren't uh they lost 35 to zero to Southern Illinois, who looked like, honestly, Brian, they looked like they didn't belong on the same field as Nichols. Uh, and I got to be honest, I'm a little bit nervous about it, hoping that Idaho getting a, a bye week is going to be mean a whole lot here. But I'm going to kick it to you. Where do you want to take this discussion as we are previewing, again, Idaho Vandals, Southern Illinois Salukis, second round game in the Kibbe Dome? You know, the first thing I want to talk about is, uh, look, the, the uh, Southern Illinois head coach, Nick Hill, when, when we get to the overall takeaways of a hey, spoiler alert, uh, as we said last week, a very, very strong defense for Southern Illinois, suspect offense, a little bit of a surprise uh, when you learn Nick Hill's background, because Nick Hill is, he's not a defensive guy. Uh, so he, his route to Southern Illinois, and he's, he's essentially been, kind of like Aaron Best has been Eastern for life. Uh, Nick Nick Hill's been at Southern Illinois for a minute or two. He, his route to Southern Illinois had actually started back in college. So he he's a Western Kentucky basketball recruit, transfers after playing one year, goes to Southern Illinois. And that's essentially been home his for his entire life since. So he played, he was a quarterback for Southern Illinois from 2004, 2007. Bounced around, played in a handful of pro leagues, uh, you know, was on the Chicago Bears roster, Green Bay Packers roster for a minute or two, but had that kind of FCS, you know, like NFL experience where, you know, you sign contracts and never, but don't really play. From there, 
Nick Hill's coaching background isn't it's not that long. He becomes a high school Brian, head coach in 2013. Real quick. Are we not going to get into the AFL career because he played for at least four AFL teams and everybody wants to hear about that. You know, I will you're kind of our CFL draft and our AFL expert, so I'm going to leave that I'm going to leave that to you to get to in a second. But when Nick Hill goes to coaching, look in 2013, he becomes head coach at Carbondale Carbondale High School. Carbondale is the city Southern Illinois University is located in. 2014, he leaves uh, Carbondale High School to become the quarterback coach for SIU. The following year, he's promoted from QB coach to co-offensive coordinator at SIU. At the end of 2015, the head coach that Hill served under, Dale Lennon, he was fired. Uh, Southern Illinois went three and eight overall, two and six that season. He's so Nick Hill gets named the interim for you know the off, the initial off season before there's a coaching search. But then Southern Illinois, even though the dude has only been a coach for at the college level for two years, promotes Nick Hill to head coach for the 2016 season. And from 2016 to 23 to this season, 2023, that's where Nick Hill has been, Southern Illinois. And his first three seasons were rough. The, the Salukis win 10 total games from 2016 to 2018, going 10 and 23 overall. But starting in 2019, that's where the team hit a, essentially hit, hit their light switch. And it's been a complete turnaround since where they went from a garbage Missouri Valley team to the Salukis have made the playoffs three of the last four seasons. Uh, they've been ranked at the end of the year, three of the last four seasons in that run, in that uh, run from 2020 to uh, 2023, the, the most recent se- four years. Salukis are 29 and 19 overall, 16 and 14 in conference. Made the they made the quarterfinal in the spring season, and then the second round in the fall season, right after the spring season, 2021, missed the playoffs last year. They sit, they're obviously in the playoffs now, in line to play Idaho. So, and the reason I bring all that up is part of what Hill had revitalized initially at Southern Illinois was the offense. But Dallas, going to kick it to you, this team. In a lot of ways, they're kind of Weber State-esque in what this year's identity for the 2023 uh, Southern Illinois Salukis is. Yeah, Brian, this is for, for a, again, uh, former quarterback, now in charge of the program. I made the joke about the Arena Football League guys only because I think it's hilarious to, to look at Arena Football stats compared to what this team is. They say in the game notes that the offense – that Nick Hill has created, which he played for Jay Gruden, uh, by the way, uh, in the Arena Football League. So he had, in 2011, he had 97 touchdowns and 17 interceptions. Uh, Again, Arena Football, if anybody's not familiar with it, it was mostly a joke game where you're just putting up points, honestly, with one throw. Uh, Kind of ridiculous. Anyways, they talk about this offense being a unique style of air raid spread and up-tempo offense. But the offense is not what gets anything done for this team, Brian. This team is entirely a defensive team. You look at their all-Missouri Val- all Valley football conference selections, five of the six guys named were on the defense. The only guy that was named honorable mention as an offensive player was Vincent Davis the third, who is a receiver and kick returner. And that's why he was named as an, uh, it was as an AP, because... He also had kick returning duties. This is not a team that's going to be particularly scary on the offense. Nick Baker, their quarterback, has 17 touchdowns this year. They do have 21 rushing touchdowns, and we'll, we'll get into that a little bit. But, Brian, the defense is is where this, this team succeeds. They run a 3-3-5, very similar to Montana. They have 14 guys with multiple tackles for loss. They have nine guys with two or more sacks. 
They are top 10 in almost every single category in the nation, and every single one of their starters on the defense is either a junior or a senior. They are absolutely loaded. Their coverage is honestly some of the best in the country, led by their secondary. Uh, P.J. Jules, their safety, has uh, over 100 tackles this year. They are in, extremely hard to throw the ball against. They're extremely hard to run the ball against. They allow under 16 points a game, Brian. That's that's two touchdowns and two two-point conversions. They are allowing less than that per game. As yeah, Kevin I mean, Marshall in the comment section, very quickly, Kevin Marshall in the comment section, PJ Jules is a dude, capital dude in the Saluki secondary. No, and hey, part of what you referenced the All Missouri Valley uh, football conference selections for for Southern Illinois, and one of the things that that's kind of shocking to me is relative to how good this defense is. There's actually not that many all league selections. The point being. It, this is a, this is a deep defense. Like if you what you talked about this team being tough on the ground. Look, we saw one of the best rushing defenses in the nation in Montana, in Moscow, and we saw how much Idaho struggled with that rush defense. Well, Southern Illinois gives up fewer in conference play, gives up fewer yards per rush than Montana. Montana gave up three point three this year. Southern Illinois g- gave up three point three total yard, yards per carry on the season. Look at total defense. Southern Illinois sits at number two in the in the Missouri Valley, just barely behind South Dakota State. And South Dakota State guys are they're the runaway favorites to win the national championship for a reason. Uh, that's given up 272 yards per game in conference for 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 Illinois for Illinois State Southern Illinois. Why am I struggling so much with that? Compare that to Idaho. Which hey, Idaho was Idaho was a pretty solid defense in the Big Sky. They're the number one overall defense, but that's a two. They give up just under three hundred yards per game. It's a like twenty eight yardish gap, uh, which is a rel- relatively big in, when we're talking best defenses in the nation. And when I watched the tape of this team, what stood out to me is they're fast, and the team tackles pretty damn well. Kind of like Montana, they trust their defensive backs to make tackles which lets them with they often have run with a three man front. They do they do sprinkle in four man fronts as well. They do they do change formation a bit. But that gives Illinois Southern Illinois the ability to add pressure as needed because they trust that their very strong defensive backs are are going to make the tackles they need. Uh, defensive backs led here this is a name you guys are just going to have to be familiar with. First team all Missouri Valley selection PJ Jules, he's a senior. Uh, he's going to be one of the best in the secondary Idaho's seen all year. Brian, you mentioned the tackling. I want to get into some advanced stats because I'm a dork. I like I like nerd stats. For anybody that somehow didn't know that I'm a nerd, I love advanced stats. Uh, anybody familiar with Pro Football Focus? Uh, it's it's not a perfect metric system. Uh, there is a little bit of opinion in it sometimes, and it it's not it's not free of bias. But essentially, it grades things from zero to one hundred, uh, and then it you know it ranks teams based on on where they're at. Um, Brian, if you were to guess right now. Idaho, out of 128 teams in the FCS, where do you think Idaho is located in overall tackling grade? Uh, I would expect somewhere around 60s, like you know, mid level and mid level in the nation, like not 88th. not not fantastic. Jesus Christ, not great. 88th, SIU third. Like this is this is a very good defense that is very sound, and they tackle like just about nobody else in the nation. For a year of watching Idaho struggle with tackling, 
88 sounds about right. SIU doesn't have that problem. This is again, this is one of the best defenses in the country, Brian. This is this is very hard to to not overstate. This is a team with a national championship caliber defense. Their offense is what is inconsistent and doesn't get it done from time to time. But defensively, it is very strange that, like you said, there's only five guys that were named to all conference teams or honorable mention. But this defensively, Brian, this team is going to be the hardest defense Idaho has seen all year long. Which, man, um, we'll get to Idaho end in, in a minute or two. But, yeah, I got to say, watching I, I watched not just the Nichols game because, Dallas, you're right. Uh, Nichols looked like a Pioneer League team. Yeah, for against... any – sorry, Brian, just to jump in. For anybody that didn't watch the Nichols game, Nichols could not throw the ball at all. SIU had scored a touchdown on the first drive, made it look pretty easy. Nichols threw a pick. SIU scored off of the – I mean, didn't, they didn't score pick six, but they scored on the next drive. Nichols gets a terrible hold on a third down. They have to punt. SIU scores again. All of a sudden, it's 21-0, and Nichols just – they can't throw. There was nothing they could do. They were down three scores in the and at the end of the first or beginning of the second. They Brian, Pioneer League team is absolutely correct. Sorry. Wanted to just give that feedback for anybody that didn't watch the game. SIU literally won that after three offensive drives. Which I, was something we do need to hit the other end because, hey, Tom, Tom Kendall brought this up in the comment section saying hey, – they saying they meaning Southern, Southern Illinois didn't fare well against the Dakota schools, uh, but were close all games, uh, kind of. Then also brought Tom Kendall follows up with except NDSU, NDSU blew him out 34 to 10. Uh, look, look, part of the benchmark for why we know for a fact, like Southern Illinois, even at their eight and 11, eight and four now with uh, with the playoff win, team didn't get a bye, but look, every single loss Southern Illinois had on the season was what you'd call. A good, a good team that they lost to. For, so all of the teams that South, that Southern Illinois lost to, they're still active in the playoffs. Those losses include a 31 to three uh, ass kicking on October 7th to Youngstown State, a, ve- a pretty close 17 to 10 loss at home against South Dakota State on October 21st, a 14 seven loss at home uh, to South Dakota. That's the three seed. South Dakota State's the one seed in the playoffs. That was uh, the South Dakota game was November 4th. And then November 11th, another ass kicking 34 10 loss to North Dakota State. But I bring that up because this team has South Southern Illinois has a pretty high floor. There's, there's no, there's no losses on here that read as bad losses overall as, as far as the actual competition. Additionally, Southern Illinois opened the year with a win over playoff team, Austin P 49-23, and owns a win against uh, a, a, an FBS team that's in a bowl game, now a really shitty bowl game at 6-6, six and six, but Southern Illinois beat Northern Illinois week two of the season, 14-11. So yeah, those, are, those are the two quality wins. Mm-hmm. But the, things that, the thing that holds this team back, in spite of having such a, a very strong defense, is offensively Southern Illinois is certainly not what you'd call, uh, you certainly wouldn't call them explosive. If you look at their scoring rank in the Missouri Valley overall, I'm talking just conference games, just so we're only referencing FCS games, Southern Illinois, uh, number nine scoring team at 23.9 points per game. They're also the number nine total offense at 322 yards per game. They're the number nine. You're noticing a theme guys, number nine rushing offense at 114 yards per game, averaging three and a half yards per carry. And they're the number eight passing team, 207.8 yards on the season. So 
offensively, not particularly spectacular. Uh, if you look through the back half of most of Northern of Southern Illinois box scores, the offensive uh, recipe for what Southern Illinois needs or wants is pretty clear in games where Southern Illinois back half of the season averaged five or more yards per carry. They won games that South that, that Southern Illinois lost. They averaged about three or fewer yards per carry, which is say this team in spite of the not being a very, very strong on the ground, they use their run to set up the pass kind of mm-hmm. like Idaho wants to, except uh, I don't know. They're, again, this, this team looks a lot like Weber state to me as far as what they ask their running backs to, and also what they ask a uh, six year senior Nick Baker quarterback to do. So Brian, you mentioned the, this team only really goes as far as the offense is going to let it. Uh, you mentioned the blowout loss, and Tom Kendall mentioned the, the blowout loss, 34-10 at North Dakota State. I watched that game on replay uh, last week just in preparation for you know, talking a little bit about them and Nichols uh, in, our, in our show last week. That game was 13-10 at halftime. That game was close throughout the entire first half. And then SIU went out and went three and out on their first four drives of the second half. That's why that game was a blowout. The defense, yes, the defense technically allowed 34 points against the offense had 12 plays in a quarter and a half. There's just nothing you can do about that. I, as somebody that was a fan of Rams football for a very long time, there was a very large stretch of time there where the Rams defense wasn't really that bad, but the offense was so putrid that by the end of the fourth quarter, you're trotting out guys that look like they've been shot because they're just literally stumbling around just hoping to make contact with the guy before they pass out on the on the turf. That's what if Idaho's going to win this game, that's what you're hoping to see is Idaho stop that offense to the point that their defense just wears out because they can't they can't hold possession of the ball. That's where things get a little scary to me, Brian. Running the ball is going to be their strength and unfortunately for us Roe Elliott is finally healthy. He's their best running back by a mile. But his entire career has been just injuries. He has not played more than 10 games in a season. I think he's played eight this year, and it's one of the best years he's had. Last week, so again, this is a running back by committee team because, again, their best running back was hurt. Their second best running back was hurt. Like They've just rotated guys. So they have three different guys with 300 yards this year or more. But leading rusher Roe Elliott is back after missing five games. Against Nichols, who again, fraudulent, not a good football team, absolutely got exposed against SIU. Roe Elliott had 111 yards and two touchdowns on nine carries last week, Brian. Yeah, if you go through the box score, that's that now again, got to throw an asterisk there because Nichols is look, they're not quite Pioneer League, but that that's mm-hmm. the comparison is Pioneer League. The, the FCS playoffs is just like the, the NCAA tournament for basketball. Auto bid teams typically get their asses kicked once in a while. There's upsets. And you know, that's, Mm -hmm. that's the name of how NCAA tournaments where, where we have conferences getting auto bursts is going to be. But um, no, I mean, look, you're right for Idaho. Tackling is going to have to be on point. Like it was against Montana state, like it was against Idaho state, which is not, uh, not the same feat as Montana state, but I want to talk about quarterback Nick Baker for a minute. He's in his sixth season at Southern Illinois. He's been a starter for four complete seasons. He's going to hold essentially every single record in Southern Illinois uh, passing that you can because he's been there for 200 years. But um, I don't want to let the fact that he holds records deceive anyone. 
Uh, Nick Baker is very similar to Richie Munoz, as in similar physique, short, a.k.a. chubby chucker. He's five foot nine, 202 pounds. He's mobile in the sense that he runs straight line. He's not going to make people miss laterally. He doesn't have any Giovanni McCoy in him whatsoever in, in that type of sense. But there are times Southern Illinois will call design runs. And there are times where Nick Baker, Nick Baker opportunistically can pick up first downs with his feet through the air. Baker is confused. It's confusing to watch because I, I rewatched some clips or not clips, some, some of the game tape for Southern Illinois. And the guy has, he's a very, a pretty accurate intermediate passer. His issue is he can't really stretch the field at all. Once you get beyond 15 yards, uh, the balls kind of go in God knows where, you know, on the season passing, uh, Baker was the number seven overall passer in the Missouri Valley, uh, 65% completion percentage through nine touchdowns, four picks, average just under 200 yards per game. His entire season stats, touchdowns, and picks are relatively similar uh, to Giovanni McCoy on the year. But I, I, again, please don't confuse the stats for production. Obviously, this dude's nowhere near uh, what a healthy Giovanni McCoy is. Uh, but his passing is a little bit of, of the limiting factor because the big play threat for for Southern Illinois, for the most part of the season, actually wasn't the pass game. It was trying to set up scores with with bigger runs, uh, which, again, I get talking what to expect in this team. That's probably why I say this reminds me of Weber State is – you're going to see a decent amount of passes to the flats. You're going to see some stuff underneath, but you're not really going to see this team stretch the field. Like I, I compare Baker to Munoz because they they do they are asked to do some similar things. Munoz has a much better deep ball uh, than than Nick Baker does. Munoz much will, it will have hurt Idaho deep much more than I think Baker has the ability to. Baker's ceiling tends to uh, have gloves on it, and Munoz does not. No, like truly, hey, don't even mean this as a joke, but if you watch Mason Petrino, Baker has a, a much faster, much better paced intermediate ball, but the accuracy deep, yeah, it's just not there. So no, in a lot of ways, Nick Baker is a fat, slightly stronger Mason Petrino. Brian, the other thing that reminds me about, a lot about Weber State about this team is their offensive line. Uh, bad news for the Vandals. The offensive line, while it's not spectacular and it doesn't have any potential NFL guys like Weber States does, it is extraordinarily healthy. Their tackles and center have started every single game this year and are leading the two deep for Idaho. The game notes are already up on the SIU website. Shout out to whoever in the SIU athletic department is responsible for putting that stuff out because that really helps us out. Uh, there are two guards that missed the Indiana State game to the end of the season. We're both unfortunately back for Nichols and are both leading the depth chart here against Idaho. So they have trotted out virtually the exact same offensive line for every game but one this year, and they are still healthy coming into this week. So again, not an outstanding offensive line, but a, a pretty senior-laden group that is that has played together for a lot of time. And there there's something to be said about a, a group of guys that are able to play together throughout the whole season. I know that Idaho has had its struggles with the offensive line, and we'll, we'll certainly get into that. But think about how much better the offensive line would be if they didn't have injuries. If it was just the top five guys playing all year long, that's exactly what SIU has. has. So while, yes, their offense does not have maybe the world beaters that, uh, that Idaho does, I definitely would not take any of their playmakers over anyone at Idaho at any position. 
uh, hot take, by the way. Ooh. Uh, but their offensive line is is competitive and solid. And when you have, again, a top three defense in the country, or, you know, yeah, okay, top five, if you want to say that there's three teams better, there's definitely not five teams better. I saw that, Brian. Top five Portland State. not Definitely not top five Portland State. Uh, when you're when you're trying to win games by defense and don't turn the ball over, having a solid offensive line is one way to do it. Now I wouldn't go as far as call their offensive line solid. I mean, we've, we've talked about Idaho leading the big sky and sacks allowed at 29 on the year, 22 in conference play 29 on the year. Yeah. Southern Southern Illinois, uh, they they've given up 37 sacks on the season. So that's certainly a line that you're right. Hey, some of that was with line, not healthy, but, 37 is a lot guys. That's part of why that's part of how a team like Southern Illinois wasn't able to pick up some of the wins against the better teams. They Seth Meyer in the comment section, hit it North Dakota state and Youngstown state both had the ball for about 40 minutes against Southern Illinois, which maybe Dallas, that's a, this is a good point for us to pivot to the Idaho end of this. Cause like, if you're listening, like this is not news to our regular listeners. We try to give a serious interpretation of whoever the hell Idaho is playing. And, I do not know. Brian Kennison in the comment section. Jesus, you boys are scaring the shit out of me. Brian, we'll get there in a second. Southern Illinois is a very strong defensive team. The Missouri Valley is just like the big sky. It's a very good conference. In particular, the top five of the conference. You cannot make the playoffs out of a conference like Missouri Valley without being a good team. Just like you cannot make the playoffs out of the big sky without being a nationally good team. Look at Sacramento State, who just had no, I mean, it was a competitive game, but they kind of cruised past North Dakota, another solid Missouri Valley team in the first round. So we're going to get to the Idaho end, but we're, we're serious. Southern Illinois' recipe for beating teams is they're unbelievably strong on defense and they're good enough offensively when things are working. When they've lost games, it's because the offense for sure is not working. That's their e- that is easily the Southern Illinois limiting factor. But before we talk about the Idaho end of this game, guys, we got to talk Snake River Stampede because that's the other end for me. Snake River Stampede, you got two options. Either are some of the best buys in Idaho State liquor stores. You're welcome for that notice, Martin. So the Snake River Stampede, your, your standard dish, your entry level, $25.95 a fifth, $45.95 a handle, the only size I buy, or the uh, the small batch 1915 edition, that's $38.95 a handle, but it's aged an additional two years. Both types have a double barrel finish. Your, your entry level Stampede, First fill bourbon, Oloroso sherry casks, 1915 first fill bourbon, then ex-Canadian rye whiskey casks. You can't go wrong either way. Like Jason Mayer says in the comment section, time to take a hit of SRS. Brian, one thing I want to get into before we jump to Idaho. Again, these PFF rankings are not everything, guys. Uh, but I do want to say, you know, I, I we have critiqued Idaho's offensive line a bit, obviously, this year. Um, we have uh, did that a little bit last year, too. Uh, I feel like it's kind of where we where when we tend to point at things that aren't going well, the offensive line is just one of the things that it tends to be picked out. PFF grades, everybody. Idaho is the 16th of 16 teams remaining in the playoffs. 110th pass blocking grade out of 128 teams. Run blocking slightly better. Idaho 14th of the 16 teams left and 62nd overall in the nation. So at least in the top half of in the, the run blocking Pass blocking, one of the worst in the nation. SIU, for all those sacks they've given up, SIU is 29th overall in pass blocking grade, 47th overall in run blocking grade. That's ninth of the teams left for pass blocking, 11th for run 
blocking. So their offensive line, while yes, they've given up more sacks than Idaho, the the underlying advanced metrics behind you know one set of, of companies' metrics here is that SIU's line is considerably better than Idaho's. It is actually the second highest graded unit in their offense other than their quarterback. Um, but again, he's not asked to do a ton. He's asked to just kind of manage the game. So as we get into the, that, Brian, we've we've put a lot of fear into people, I think, with, with the SIU defense because they – they are gonna they are gonna present some problems. Uh, again, even when you get into the PFF stats, Brian, the only PFF stat that they're not in the top ten in is in their pass rush, which is forty third, uh, and it's about the same level as Idaho's. But defensively, this team is scary. Idaho obviously saw Jack Lane put up six touchdowns in the first half the last time they were out. John Giovanni McCoy has had a couple weeks off. What are we feeling about the Idaho offense right now, Brian? Well, look, now first, the, you already brought up the big question for Vandals is, hey, who's going to be the quarterback? And update on Giovanni McCoy, hey, he's in practice, so he, he's out of the boot. Uh, according to our eyes in the Kibbe Dome, which was a ha- help from hashtag right track guide uh, Trevin Pixley, is that McCoy was looking good moving around in practice today. So, And Jason Eck in the press conference on Monday said he expects that Giovanni McCoy is going to be ready to go. So... There you go. Uh, if Lane is healthy, sorry, if Lane's playing, it's because Giovanni something. There's Giovanni probably experiences a setback, and I guess the question, or the discussion point we might end up having is, hey, uh, if the question is a healthy, uh, healthy Lane versus a not healthy Giovanni McCoy, what are you hoping for Idaho? Well, just, hey, b- best information we have now is to expect that Giovanni McCoy is going to be the guy to go. The question is going to be how how his ankle holds up through the rest of the week of practice and once he takes his first hit, because he will take some hits against, against, against Southern Illinois. But you got to expect Southern Illinois believes they're going to be able to get pressure on Giovanni McCoy because you already hit those metrics for what Idaho's line is ranked. It's, you know, advanced metrics are, are tell us what our eyes have told us the entire year. Idaho's a bad pass blocking team. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's McCoy has bailed Idaho out of a ton of games because he's good. So when, once McCoy takes his first and second hit, how how does his ankle look? And is he able to move around better than he could in the Weber State game? Uh, so Southern Illinois is going to want to get the quarterback. We're going to we're going to have to see. Hey, can Idaho one? Can Idaho punish the blitz attempts with some Anthony Woods r- rushes? And we saw Anthony Woods against Idaho State. He was doing those cutbacks. He looks like he's back to I don't know what percentage, but he looked like the mm-hmm. Anthony Woods we've seen the entire season. So can Idaho, will Idaho be able to do what they like, which is Idaho, just like Southern Illinois, wants to set up their pass game with a healthy rush game. And if you look at the Idaho wins this year, Idaho rush is able able to rush more than they pass essentially every single win. And essentially every single win, Idaho is able to outrush uh, the, the opposing team. That's not a very high bar for Idaho to hit against Southern Illinois when you're comparing offense to offense. But when you're talking about one of the best rushing defenses in the nation against one of the weaker O lines, certainly one of the weakest O lines left in the na- left in the nation, uh, you know that's the, that's the matchup that I think is going to matter. Is hey, can Idaho buy time like they did against Montana State? Because Montana State also way they're one of the stronger defensive line Idaho plays, and Idaho mm-hmm. did fine. Or is it going to look like Montana in the first half where Monta- Idaho was just overwhelmed? Uh, I think they're look. I think offensive line wise, we're we're healthier. Idaho's healthier than they were 
against Montana. But I guess that's the first thing I'm looking at is can Idaho buy Anthony Woods enough time for him to do what he can do? And then can Anthony Woods give Idaho, you know, enough of that margin for error that the, that Jason Eck and Luke Schleisner feel comfortable taking some of those longer gambles or, are we going to see a little bit more of the sh- short passing game from Giovanni McCoy that we saw from Jack Lane that really we hadn't seen as much throughout this season? Brian, I I got to say, shout out to Captain58. Uh, 20 minutes ago said, as per usual, we will succeed or fail based on the feet of Tony Trees. That is exactly what this game feels like to me because I see this defense. I see that they're a 3-3-5. Again, it's not the same as Montana's 3-3-5. But we've seen how well Idaho handled that 3-3-5 in those first two and a half quarters of that game. You look at the defensive line for SIU, all three starters have four sacks or more. This is a team that gets to the quarterback. They're, again, top 10 in the nation in sacks because they just it comes from everywhere. Again, uh, PJ Jules has some sacks out of as a safety. Like This is a team that gets to the quarterback the only way Idaho is going to be able to buy enough time for Vani is if Tony Trees and Nick Romano are popping off to the point that you have to respect the run a little bit more than than maybe Montana did at times. And I mean, obviously Montana just did an incredible job f- just filling gaps because Idaho ran for what, 1.3 yards a carry, something like that. Tony Trees should be healthier. Again, you're, as you're saying, sounds like he's he's really getting healthy at the right time, which again, we're hoping for the same thing out of, out of Vani, but Brian, it feels to me like Tony trees is going to have to be the difference here. Hayden Hatton's going to get, get his numbers. I think as long as Jermaine Jackson, isn't running side to side the entire game, maybe if they unleash him vertically once or twice, things are going to look better. But the big thing I'm afraid of Brian is Vani takes too many shots and some turnovers happen because he's either under pressure or he's getting lit up like a Christmas tree. And that's Brian, Brian, I am terrified of this game. No, no, I understand it, but here's the other thing I want to talk you off. I want to talk you off the ledge a little bit is like, I want to, I want to talk about Tom Kendall. I referenced earlier said, Hey, North Dakota state, Youngstown state had the ball for 40 minutes against Southern Illinois. Uh, you can you have to expect because we've seen that that's what Idaho tries to do when Idaho's offense is running is running on all cylinders when the game flow is going the way that Jason Eck wants the game flow to go, which has been most games for Idaho this year. Idaho is able to keep the other team on ice and force the other team's offense to be incredibly efficient. And that's where Southern Illinois is going to give Idaho opportunities in the same way Idaho's weaker O-line is going to give SIU opportunities to get pressure and try to force turnovers. Well, look, we're going to, we're for sure going to see some three and outs from this team. Um, Idaho doesn't have to worry too much about getting beat deep against this team. And the, this Idaho Vandals team, one of the issues the Vandals have had the entire season has been forcing turnovers. You got to hope that last the last time Idaho's out when they picked off, when they forced four turnovers against Idaho State, and some of those passes that Vandals had just been dropping this year finally came in, fell into Vandal hands. You're going to have to hope for a little bit of that. But in, in addition to the forced turnovers, if Idaho looks anything like they did against Montana State, the Vandals are going to have a lot of offensive opportunities uh, because this team is not going to be nearly as difficult to game plan against as Montana state. How offensively they're probably less difficult to game plan against than 
Montana or honestly, I can, we, I, we keep, I keep bringing up Weber state because there's some stuff they do similar. This team is a, is worse offensively than Weber state, a team that Idaho nearly beat with a not healthy McCoy on the road. So I guess that's, that's the other place I, I want Vandals to at least be able to exhale a little bit is the margin for error that Idaho lost against Montana early by getting down 20 to zero. Idaho's going to have to really face plant to have that be any sort of meaningful variable in this game because Southern Illinois needs big plays and minus a few games. Idaho's been pretty good at limiting plays and Southern Illinois doesn't have the quarterback who's to really exploit Idaho deep the way like a Richie Munoz was able to. It actually is going to remind me a little bit more of Montana state and that Idaho had no problem saying, Hey, Tommy Malott, we don't think you can really stretch the field that much. So go ahead and beat us. And Malott couldn't. I think that is something that if, if Idaho game plan, if Idaho is able to get enough penetration, if they're able to force Nick Baker into third and long. That's what the teams who beat Southern Illinois do is they make Nick Baker have third and long and then fail to convert because he is just not that great, a deep threat. And the, the receiving core for Southern Illinois is much less scary than their running back room. Yeah, Brian, something that, uh, again, going back to those PFF stats uh, again, I know that they're not the end all be all, but they do kind of reinforce some of the things that we've seen. Uh, you mentioned Idaho has done a really good job of not really allowing a ton of big plays. Um, you know, I, I think the other thing that we've talked about about a lot this year is Idaho's run defense is where things are a little bit more suspect. Run defense, Idaho, unfortunately, the 15th of the 16 teams left in the in the playoffs, 68th overall in the nation. So, you know, kind of right there in the in that middle grouping of not terrible, but not phenomenal. But when you get to Idaho's coverage, Idaho is the third best team left in coverage and sixth overall in the country. I did not realize that the the secondary has actually performed that well. I, obviously, Marcus Harris is, is the name, but the more you think about it, this team has not given up any of those big plays. And there's not, I mean, there, obviously there's been a couple, but on the whole, this isn't a team that gives up big daggers. And I will say, uh, talking about Nick Baker, talking about, again, how many offensive playmakers have we talked about? We've talked about Nick Baker. We've talked about Roe Elliott, their running back, finally getting healthy. And I mentioned that Vincent Davis made it onto the honorable mention team as a kickoff returner and a receiver. Brian, they only have two receivers that even have noteworthy statistics. This is not a team that is going to go blow up a ton of huge 30, 40 yard plays that are these chunks of the field just taken away and putting them in scoring position. That's not how this team operates. So you have talked me off the, the off of the ledge a little bit. As terrifying as as the defense is. There is the argument that this offense isn't going to be able to do a ton against Idaho, especially as you see guys like X-Ray Alexander, named a, a Blue Bloods FCS All-American freshman this year, uh, obviously looking better and better with every week. As I mean, we it seems like almost every week we talk about, oh, this guy's going to be a defensive player of the year at some point in his career. I, I do feel a little bit better thinking about what Idaho's defense brings to the table and what you're going to see against this offense. The turnovers, Brian, that's what is going to have to happen. Idaho has not won the turnover battle a lot. Feel like that's obviously going to be big. I do want to shout out a couple comments real quick. Nick Davis in the comment section. Travel for them to the Dome will not be kind. Game is going to be really late for their time zone. And then the stats department, a.k.a. Taylor Cash, jumping in saying 9 p.m. Central kickoff. So 
not a great body clock for them. And then McLean Westbrook jumping back in after uh, surviving the Battle of the Domes, excuse me, the former Battle of the Domes, just mentioning that the four command hooks over Brian's left shoulder means that there must be three other dusters somewhere. Full disclosure, we don't own 250 dusters, but it McLean, that that will would be a reasonable thing. I guess one thing, another thing I want to talk about Vandal's off the ledge. And I think, hey, maybe this is a shortcoming of the Tubbs coverage this year. Because Idaho had not been forcing the turnovers this season that the Vandals did last year, there's probably times you hear the coverage of our defense, and it sounds like it's disappointing. Uh, but in the big sky, Idaho was strong overall defensively. The you know, the number if you're talking total defense, like I hit the number one total defense in the league, giving up just under 300 yards uh, per, per game, number four scoring defense, giving up 23.3 points per game. But Hey, we just referenced earlier. Southern Illinois is kind of a shitty scoring team putting up 23 points per game. So, Hey, like we're about the Idaho's defense, obviously by has bought some margin for error. But then when you look at rush defense, this is where I feel a little bit better. Idaho's this is having played Montana state, the number one rushing team in the nation talking big sky stats. The, the Vandals were the number three rushing defense in the big sky, 118 yards per game, gave up 3.8 yards per rush. So that is a relative strength for Idaho. And number weirdly, Idaho number one pass defense too. I don't know why that surprised me. It's again, the, the amount of picks that Idaho just didn't capitalize on, but either Idaho, was the best pass defense in the big sky overall. So I guess the way I think of Idaho defensively is there are the lapses in tackling, which were exacerbated against Eastern Washington with the run heavy game in the first half of Montana. And then the second half of Montana state, probably throwing in part of the first half of Weber for sure as well. But that's the shortcoming we talked about with Idaho. Part of that is youth, and part of that, I feel the team is getting better throughout the season. But this this Vandal defense is a relative strength, and they're going up against a weaker offensive team, which is for Idaho, this is a relative strength on another team's relative weakness. That's another potential area that that's why I think maybe you should feel okay about this Idaho matchup. Southern Illinois is for real. I, you know, I'd kind of rather play like Sacramento State in round two than Southern Illinois. And if you look at the line of this game, uh, it's a minus 5.5, you know, so it's under a touchdown, which is to say odd makers believe this is going to be a close game. Both these teams are good, but what matters are matchups. We've already hit Dallas talking about the rough matchups for Idaho of the Southern Illinois, uh, the Russian rush defense and pass rush. Southern Illinois has to deal with a weakness on strength matchups on the other side of the ball too. Brian, the one one again, I keep going back to these PFF stats just because it, it does reinforce a little bit of these things we're talking about. Idaho ended up as the 22nd ranked defense in PFF grade uh, for on the on just overall defense. Again, we mentioned that you know run defense not as great. Tackling obviously Idaho was pretty low on that too. But overall, Idaho defensively, 22nd best grade in the country. Uh, honestly, huge shout out to what Rob Orich has done over the last two years because two years ago we were talking about Idaho's secondary being just free eight yards well and relative to the youth that's playing yeah you know you 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 talked about what southern illinois has you if you look at like the south dakota state lineups they're probably not starting two of their three linebackers as true freshmen they they're the the ends for idaho look we got uh Keyshawn james newbie who's been he's been you know idaho's best rusher 
He, he's a sophomore. Dallas Offalava has been quite effective for Idaho. He's a freshman. That's a ton of young guys playing important roles on a playoff team, which is to say, I do think Idaho defensively is better today than they were week two or three of the season. Part of that also is Trey Thomas started in the middle. He's back on the outside now, which is his natural position. That's where he came to Idaho from South Dakota. He's been better the second half of the season too. Brian, I want to just quickly hit the comment section. Mike Culleton jumping in to say, we will get seven plus points off of turnovers. Book it. Brian, I do think that if that happens, if Idaho gets seven points off of turnovers, I do think the Vandals win this game. But before we get to score predictions, we have one of our favorite sponsors to talk about. If you are looking for a great, all-inclusive, week-long vacation, don't look past your backyard! Hughes River Expeditions has been vandal owned and operated since 1976, and they're ready to take you on the vacation of a lifetime. Enjoy a multi-day trip down the Middle Fork of the Salmon, the main Salmon River of No Return, the Salmon River Canyons, or even the Selway! You could even check out special trips like one to see the Persed Meteor Shower. Camp on pristine beaches. Run amazing whitewater, hike scenic trails, spot wildlife, soak in the beautiful natural hot springs, and fish the most remote stretches of country in the entire USA. Just bring your clothes and let HRE handle the rest. Grab that paddle, catch dinner, and ride the bull all throughout the gem state. Call them now at 406 540 4450 or check them out at hughesriver.com. And again, guys, those O's, those are actually zeros. Don't actually put the O in. The O, I don't know what number that actually relates to on a dial pad. It's 406 540 Or again, hughesriver.com. Martin, I want you to come back in for this. Any final thoughts, gentlemen, on the Idaho Vandals versus Southern Illinois Salukis before we pick the score of this game? Brian, I'll give you the floor first, and then we'll kick it to Martin. Yeah, well, final thoughts. I'll just put us keys to the game. If Idaho can limit big plays from Southern Illinois' offense, this is going to be a hard game for Idaho to lose. It doesn't, it doesn't mean it won't be a close game, but Southern Illinois is not a team that – accrues their points by steady drives like the Vandals can. So as long as Idaho can do that, if they can make Nick Baker prove it on third and eight, third and nine, third and 10, this is going to be a very hard game for Idaho to lose in spite of how strong Southern Illinois is defensively. Final thoughts, Martin. I got nothing to add. You guys did a great job pairing it and I couldn't have done a quarter of that. I still Yes, the PFF stuff makes me a little shaky, but I, I'm i not a doomer with it, and I still trust Idaho over what the statistics say. Uh, actually, hey, last thing, too. Idaho has a pretty significant advantage on special teams for this game. Yes. Which is uh, to say, like, uh, Ricardo Chavez is infinitely better as an X-factor kicking field goals than what Southern Illinois thinks they're doing. I mean, Southern Illinois missed essentially a chip shot there in the playoff game against Nichols. Southern Illinois has alternated between two different kickers this year, a sophomore and a senior, looking at their uh, game-by-game starters. They They have alternated two kickers this year. The sophomore has started the last three games after starting the first game of the year. The senior filled in all the gaps in between. Not uh, Again, if this comes down to kicking, 
I'm taking Chavez every time. Eight of 14 on the year from field goals for Southern Illinois. Yeah, not not great there. If you're talking a close game, not great for them. Guys, I, I, I know what I told you before the show, but let's get into score predictions. Martin, the waiting is the worst part. No more waiting. It's time. Score prediction. I'm going to go Idaho 31, Southern Illinois 23. Okay, so one stat I'm going to hit on before my score is, say, the thir- third down conversions, which the, the already hit the need for Idaho to get Southern Illinois to third, third and long. Southern Illinois, again, an elite defensive team, held their opposition to 37% on third down. Every single team Southern Illinois played held the Salukis to 33% on on third down. So I'm going to go, I think this is going to be competitive. I I don't think this is going to be the blowout Christy Mayer is projecting at 42-20, Idaho. But I I think that Idaho, they've grown since last season's playoff loss. This team, I think they've now rebounded twice off of you know disappointing outings, talking about the loss to Montana, rebounding to Montana State, and the loss to Weber State, rebounding to beat Idaho State by 1,000. I think we're looking at a rebound game for Idaho. I'm going to pick the Vandals to win 27-14. It's two Vandal victories here, guys. Uh, shouting out rebound. Roger Dorn in the comment section saying, Idaho 68, Cal Poly 64, uh, the Saturday at 2 p.m. So again, guys, KB Dome, 7 p.m., ICCU Arena, 2 p.m., Vandals taking on Big Sky football opponent, Cal Poly. Not a conference opponent in basketball, but Idaho hosting Cal Poly in the ICCU Arena. Going through the comment section, as you'd expect from an Idaho podcast, just about everybody's picking Idaho. Andrew Townsend, 27-21. Idaho Real Estate, 38-17. Sean Kramer, Idaho Band 100. Idaho 31-14. Tom Kendall, 28-21. T Cash, 23-17. Colin Hughes, shout out. Thank you, Colin. 31-17. Bart Holt, Idaho be ready, and it will be a rout at home. Hope to see that. Steve Kurtz, Vandals Cruz, 35-7. Again, Vandals 27. Jack Hamilton, Cap Dan, 30. Excuse me. Ooh, looking at too many numbers. Captain 58. Pretty sure it's always been 58, not 30, Dallas. Captain 58, Idaho with 30 on three touchdowns and three field goals, 30-14. Kevin Marshall, Vandals 24-23. Again, we just go through this, guys. Nick Davis, 27-17. If you're interested in hearing the rest of these, please jump into the comment section. Shout out to all the people that are hanging out with us here tonight. I said before this game, or before this show, guys, I was going to pick SIU. I was going to pick SIU because of the defense. I think their defense is otherworldly, and I am terrified for what they're going to do to the Vandal offense. But with with two weeks of Jason Eck, I feel like he's going to have the Vandals ready for this. I feel like it's going to be close. It's going to be ugly. But I got to give it to the home cooking in the Kibbe Dome. I'm going to take Idaho. 21 to 14. This is not going to be a particularly high scoring game, guys. Uh, at least in my eyes, I, I think if Idaho gets to 21, I think that's the win. I think, honestly, first team to 20 is the, the team that wins this. Really hope that this happens again. You talk to me in two days, and maybe I don't feel the same. But right now, after talking through everything we've talked through, it feels like Idaho's going to move on. 
I feel like there's more that has to go wrong for Idaho to, for SIU to pull out a win than what Idaho needs to go wrong for Southern Utah, because Southern Illinois, nice, nice verbal typo, Southern Utah. But the, I guess the last point I want to hit on Dallas is we did talk, look, we, we talked about the strength of the secondary. Idaho has seen secondaries analogous to Southern Illinois this year. And even against Montana, you know, in that second half, Idaho did just fine, I guess, as so long as McCoy is mobile enough. I think that's what Idaho, I think that is going to buy Idaho enough margin for error that the shitty Southern Illinois offense is just not going to, they're not going to present enough of a problem. That's, that's what we're all hoping for here. Uh, we really don't need any kind of haters going to hate games from Nick Baker. That's shouldn't happen. As long as it doesn't happen, this is going to be, again, a game that's close down to the wire. If Mike Culleton's right in the comment section that Idaho scores seven off of turnovers, I feel like that's the difference maker here. Again, guys, we're talking about Idaho as the number four seed with a negative turnover mar margin. And again, a negative turnover margin in almost every single game they played this year and still found their way to this many victories. If Idaho's defense can just get things on the right side, excuse me, they can get things on the right track. We could be seeing Idaho around for a couple more weeks after this. Uh, five, nine, 200 pounds. Haters going to bake. That's the big one. Sean Kramer calculated from Dallas. Coach is going to play this for the players. Really hope so, Sean. I, I honestly, I hope that they shoot out to a 56 nothing lead like they did against Idaho State. Would love to see Jason Eck do that. But again, it does feel like the ball control offense that he likes, this does line up pretty well. If you've got that bye week, extra week to prepare, extra week to get guys healthy, certainly feels like it's V's up all the way this weekend. With that, guys, one final ad. Again, patreon.com backslash tubs at the club. Come hang out with us on the hashtag only tubs discord. Again, it's not going to be quite as explosive during the home game because, again, a lot of us are in the dome. Uh, not just obviously Martin, Brian, and I will be in the dome. A lot of the people in the discord will be in the dome. Uh, get connected to Air Vandal guest, guys. It does work really well. It's about the only way I'm able to interact with the discord and the Patreon folks when we're in the dome. If you get on Air Vandal guest, it does work really well. You just have to get onto it. Uh, if you don't know the password to it, maybe somebody in the Discord does. It's only two fifty a month to find out if somebody knows the password to the Air Vandal guest account. Again, patreon.com backslash tubs of the club to hang out with us, guys. Thank you so much for your support this year. Hopefully this is not going to be the last game preview we do. I hope to see you all in the Kibbe Dome, 7 o'clock Pacific time, to take on the Southern Illinois Salukis. If you can't make it, it's on ESPN2. Any final thoughts from Martin O'Brien before we go? Yeah, we got to pick the three other Big Sky games, dude. Do we really, though? I don't think it'll take too much time. So, Fine. Okay. Brian wants that hour-long episode. Okay. Hey, Martin, North Dakota State at Montana State. That's the uh, number six seed Bobcats, the un unseeded North Dakota State Bison, both teams, both teams with three losses. Uh, I'm going to go with the Bison. Of North Dakota State, Brian, I, I'm gonna go with North Dakota State. I just feel it. I feel, feel like Montana State is ripe for a couple DUIs from their coaching staff. I feel like a loss to North Dakota State is the time to get that done. Just feels like it's all lining up. It's in the stars. 
Yeah, ever since losing uh, 33-16 to South Dakota State on November 4th, uh, North Dakota's been pretty damn good. They beat the shit out of Southern Illinois, beat the shit out of Northern Iowa, knocked him out of the playoffs, and then killed Drake. But Drake, they're supposed to kill a Pioneer Conference team in the playoffs. Montana State, I don't know if you could call them reeling off that 37-7 loss in the Brawl of the Wild uh, to Montana, but... They've been a little weird with not playing Sean Chambers towards the end of the year, or at least in important games enough that it does seem like there's a little bit of, um, this is weird to say for the best offense scoring offense in the nation, some offensive uncertainty about what Montana state can do, but I'm going to gamble on Montana state rebounding. It's going to be sold out in Bozeman. Got to think that Montana state's going to be hungry for a win, which hey, they, they rebounded last time they lost the brawl the while for a long playoff run. So I'm going Montana state. We've got Montana, Delaware, Delaware down to their like third string quarterback, Martin. Delaware is going to be running on vibes after their huge announcement that they're going to conference USA. They will steamroll Montana. And that was conference realignment talk guys. Uh, I am picking Montana as much as I hate to say it, Brian, it feels to me like, Montana might be in the national championship game this year. It, it would not shock me and it would pay, it pains me to even think about it unless that game happens to be a rematch. Yeah. Delaware has been very up and down the last month of the season, uh, including almost really face planting two of their last three games, of regular season trailing Lafayette early Lafayette. They're an auto bid team. So, you know, significant from one of the weaker conferences and down to their third string quarterback. No, man, I'm going to go Montana. Montana's rolling. Uh, they've got a ton of momentum. That game is probably going to be close to sold out. If not sold out as well, yeah, I, I, it's really South Dakota State and Montana are both going to be unbelievably hard to pick against until later into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And uh, hey, the last game we haven't got to, maybe the most intriguing matchup, at least as far as picking, outside of Idaho, Southern Illinois for the Big Sky, Sacramento State at number three, South Dakota. I don't know. I I thought North Dakota was going to beat. Sac State, I I think South Dakota does it. I really didn't think that Ball Sac State was going to get past North Dakota last weekend. Shout out to Andy Thompson for getting that win. That ties Troy Taylor for amount of postseason victories as the head coach at Sacramento State. So, hey, props to him. Uh, but Brian, I don't I don't think even even with Caden Bennett looking better last week, I don't I just don't think that this is going to be it. I think that. I think the, the end runs for Sac State here, the what words are hard. It ends for Sac State this weekend. South Dakota moves on easy. So you, you brought up Caden Bennett. He was not injured earlier in the year. I, I feel like Andy Thompson felt like he had to do something to try to shake Sacramento State up, and his shakeup almost cost them a playoff spot. Uh, Caden Bennett against North Dakota. Look, dude, he... Uh, he was he was his solid self that he was for much of the season, both on the ground and through the air. You know, through the air, Bennett seventeen to twenty two, two hundred seven yards and a touchdown. Then on the ground, rushed thirteen times for one hundred twenty six yards. Common opponent between South Dakota and Sacramento State is North Dakota, and hey, it was about a, it was a, a single score game when South Dakota beat North Dakota earlier in the year, uh, November eleventh, fourteen to ten. 
and North Dakota just lost by a touchdown to Sacramento State, 42-35. I hate to say this because I on initially wanted to pick Sacramento State. I mean, I picked them lose last week, but they look fine. Although this does seem like a perfect Sacramento State faceplant game. So, uh, God damn it, man. I'm going to go South Dakota because I just talked myself out of it. Because Sacramento State, I, th- I feel like they won their Super Bowl last week rebounding. And I think Sacramento State is a team that needs to not actually face adversity throughout the game. I think South Dakota defensively is going to be able to give Sacramento State that adversity that will give them the excuse to collapse, which is what this team has wanted to do all year. That was the very smart way of putting exactly what I was thinking into words. That that was much better than me saying a ball stack state's not going to win or whatever word vomit came out of my mouth. I fully agree, Brian. I, I just don't I don't see Sac State continuing to do this. This is not a again, I'm I'm shocked that they were able to to punch back and forth with North Dakota. Again, they led that whole game, or you know, it was tied. North Dakota never led in that game. Doesn't feel like that's going to happen against South Dakota. I don't think that adversity is going to do well for Sac State because it historically hasn't for quite a while. With that said, Tom, excuse me, Brian, Tom, Kendall in the comment section. See, I, guys, it's late. I had a long, rough day. It's just everything's falling apart here. Brian, Tom Kendall says in the comment section, there we go, got the sentence out correctly that time, no you Albany versus Richmond predictions. Anybody want to wager a guess on you Albany Richmond? If anybody isn't aware, it's because that could be the Vandals' next opponent if they get through Southern Illinois on Saturday night. Richmond didn't look that great in the first round, but I look, guys, we're kind of naked about this. We don't really pay attention to anyone other than the big sky, except maybe the Missouri Valley. So I don't know. I could do a Montana parlay coin flip and say uh, that's um, we go Albany. There we go. You there's the, the coin flip is Albany. And uh, they did lose uh, a couple of FBS teams this year. They lost to Marshall. They lost to Hawaii. Uh, they did beat Villanova. They beat William and Mary, so they have a couple ranked wins there. But I mean, they're the seed for a reason. Like you said, Brian Richmond didn't look great. Safe to assume chalk on this one. Most of the time, the chalk wins through the the FCS playoffs. Obviously, you get some upsets here and there, but it's not it's not like it's the basketball tournament where the low seeds are blowing up high seeds at all times. It's it's not quite like that. Doesn't feel to me like Richmond just from the little bit I saw of that game. Last week doesn't feel like Richmond has a chance against Albany, but hey, crazier things have happened. No, home field is huge in the FCS playoffs. Uh, fun fact, North Dakota State in their run of however many championships they they won, won a total of three road games. Yeah. So home no, field host, hosting in the playoffs is huge, which is why it's a huge deal for Idaho. Yep. With that said, guys, Brian, did we miss any games? Guys, have we missed anything at all? I'm sure we have, but is there anything important that we have not missed? No, but I think it's important that at an hour five, we call it a night. <laughs> With that said, guys, patreon.com backslash tubs at the club again. Less than a cup of coffee a month to just come hang out, talk family football, tell everybody how much you love the tubs, guys, tell everybody how much you hate the tubs, guys, whatever you want to talk about. There's a place to do it in our Discord. We're going to see you on Saturday night. And if we don't see you on Saturday night, remember ESPN two. watch the game, get those numbers boosted up. Let's get the Vandals on TV more frequently. Martin, if you ain't Vandal. Nothing. Okay. Go Vandals.
Go Vandals. Go Vandals. Go Vandals.